You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Eric Lindemann. Eric, thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Eric, it's, it's the summer, right? June 1st, 2022. Um, we're talking about your work and uh, in your studio. Where are you now? You're in your studio in... Upper Upper West Side, East Harlem in New York. Is that where you are? Yeah, I'm calling it Upper Upper East Side. So I'm on uh, Third Avenue, kind of in the El Barrio area, working uh, in fifth floor of this kind of old building where there's a number of small artist studios scattered around a couple of these floors. Um, it's... Uh, I, I kind of have been referring to it as my version of my Bateau Lavoir studio. That uh, very, uh, it's very, very hot, very, very hot in the summer, and uh, I've been trying to get all this hot air that's been built up from yesterday out of my studio today. So uh, normally painting in a bathing suit in the summer here. Well, that sounds nice. That sounds nice. Um, I mean, it could be, especially if there's a swimming pool nearby. But yeah, I know it's it can be really boiling in the city. So, um, so what's what are you working on now? What's what paintings are in front of you, or what's in your studio? Your uh, we talked before a little bit the 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 interview about you know tentative shows at, at Peter Bloom in in the spring of next year of 2023. Um, and of course, you have something in singing in unison right now, uh, and uh, and just had a show last year in in Paris. Um, so, what are, what's in your studio now that you're that you're working on for for potentially the next show? I mean, it's kind of this nice time where it's far away enough from the show where I don't feel like I have to plan yet for specific paintings or specific idea of an installation of a show. I'm just sort of in that nice space of having a bit of momentum because it's nice to feel like the paintings are going to end up somewhere, <laughs> they, that they will have a landing point. But uh, there's not really a pressure to sort of put it all together yet. And I feel like when I've been in these spaces before, um, the paintings have a nice uh, amount of weight and individuality to them. Um, you know, I'm looking at uh, a couple of works here in the studio that I've been making with collaged tarlatan, which is like a very open weave gauze, like a cheesecloth. Like we use that in printmaking a lot of times to wipe uh, excess ink away on from the um, copper or zinc plates when you're printing, and um, I'm using that as a way of collaging an initial image into the paintings on these kind of flexible linen supports, and also using this canvas webbing or this cotton. It's like a cotton twill ribbon that I've been gluing with acrylic medium into the paint film as well. And, uh, you know, these are a couple... This is something that... Uh, or a manner of working that I've been using for, you know, past three years, four years, as I've been moving 
I don't want to say away from using sound surfaces, but it's just kind of become more complex, my relationship to the sound surfaces. And um, those sound surface paintings were some of the first work that I was making as paintings that people saw and started to kind of think about how, what the visual language was that I was using. But, you know, I'm here in the studio and I'm looking at this one painting, there's an acrylic painting on the wall and I have like three or four pieces of these metal scraps that are sitting in front of me that I'm looking at that are on pieces of wood and I have some scraps of dye bond laying around and the, you know, raw pigment and some very specific dispersion K52 that I've, it's an acrylic medium I've got from Kremer pigments as well as a dubiously archival tube of Dowsil RTF sealant 732, which is a, a multi-purpose 100% silicone rubber sealant that I've been using to glue epoxy resin uh, shapes to panels. And then there's very traditional oil paintings all on the next wall. So there's a lot of different materials explorations and stuff going on right here in the studio and as I kind of walk around I see a really similar visual orientation or space or drawn forms within all of these different uh, material expressions I think of the kind of I don't know if I want to think of it as research but uh, just uh, exploration kind of that's happening here in the space exploration in terms of the the content because you're, you're saying you're beginning with an image often a collaged image various materials in some cases um what's what there's materiality being explored as, as you're talking about which is kind of great to hear about just the just the different things around and what's what's on the surface the subject matter is that something you're exploring now your your previously your works all have kind of interesting titles that seem to almost um, read them in some way, but they seem to point towards that there is a subject, that there is a narrative. It's a complex question because I actually don't think they have a subject, but I think that um, the because because they're 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 open-ended paintings. I mean, they're not they're they're not directed. They're directed by the material choices, perhaps, which is coming in contact with my eye or my, my visual my visual response in time in lifetime to to the material itself. So, you know, if there is a subject, it is simply, you know, just my my engagement with the world, with my memory of paintings, with um I don't know, wanting to be here in the studio, what that process means to me. Um, you know, I you think... You said mem memory of paintings also? What do you, what do you mean by that? Memory yeah, of other I paintings think, or, or... Other paintings by other artists, maybe my own sense of past paintings that have felt successful to me that I've made coming through uh, as a... As a, as a as an anchor, a visual anchor, something kind of oh, can I get back to that point? How, what did that feel like? How did that how did that land? And 
also, you know, um, so much of my experience finding myself being an artist, making art, just has to do with like being in front of art a lot as a kid, growing up, going, spending a lot of time in the Met, looking at paintings in person and finding that I felt I had an easier time communicating with the paintings and with dogs and with other human beings uh, <laughs> and just kind of having that um, experience just feels so um, intimate and innate for me. Uh, something I try to cultivate here in the space, in the, in the studio when I'm alone working, feeling connected to that energy. You know, that's part of... Um, I think my memory of, of paintings and I think uh, sometimes the paintings can I think something painting does very well is engage with past manifestations of itself so that where that whether that is historical um, histor- other historical art by other artists that I've that I've spent time with like or um, the way these paintings can kind of weave in and out of um, history in a way and kind of come back forward into feeling contemporary and now uh, here in in my own engagement with the painting, with the material, with the image. um, It's a very uh, exciting benefit, I think, uh, uh, of... um, working in a certain language of uh, abstraction that I'm engaging with. So let me ask you more about the Met, because of course that's kind of yeah, where so much begins. I love that idea of, of memories, and it's about, in some ways, how, how you, but how we acquire uh, a kind of context to to understand art and, and to also make it in, in, in it. In the Met, as a kid, are there paintings that, that stand out or things that you revisited that, that come to mind? Um, there's this painting of Van Gogh's boots that I always come back to. Uh, that was something, it's a you know, small painting in the center of the 19th century galleries. It's kind of hidden next to uh, entryway door just right to the right to the right and it's um when i i just felt like i understood this idea of that that these worn down boots were just a a self-portrait in a way like they were just communicating something about uh that was larger larger than just being a painting of the boots and and i think that 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 idea of this material creating empathy uh was was and still is very important to me. Um, and I think, uh, you know, that, that I come back and looking at, look at that painting, and I mean, it, it feels a bit, it, it, it still does feel a bit um, of like a cliche to say, like, oh, I like, you know, and I'm not someone I'm like looking about or thinking about very often currently as a, as a working artist, but... Uh, that's still a fantastic painting. And, um, you know, I think uh, my experience with those galleries and that space has changed a lot over time. And then, you know, I spent, there's been years when I spent, you know, time just looking at the, 
this is on the Silvites and other times when there's there are these rooms that they're renovating right now, so they're not up, but of all these small oil on paper studies that 19th century European artists made when they're traveling down to Italy. They're mostly northern artists. It's kind of this touristy. They're not really tourist pictures. They feel like studies, and they're very, very quiet and empty paintings with a very luminous uh, material sense coming from being on paper, I think. And, and I spend a lot of time in that gallery, too. Um, but that was definitely not something that caught my eye when I was like a little kid doing like the Saturday art classes, I think, you know, with my dad. That's cool. So it was also with your dad. I mean, there, there, there was classes there or were there specific rooms you made like a beeline to? Because it sounds like one of those places, I, I feel like I grew up in the Museum of Natural History. I, I know it well, and the Met is almost a similar museum. It's like a gigantic, you know, maze of rooms that, you can know one more than another sometimes and, and, and find your way there if you've been yeah. there several times. I mean, I think it's, uh, it's just, it's such a nice big space that you kind of carve your own map out into it. Uh, you know, I mean, I, uh, I really don't have many specific memories of the, of the, of the early childhood education program that they had there, but I did go a lot, you know, and I think it was, it, it, and I'm sure I did go, I, I definitely did go with my dad, but I think there was something that was really nice about it, feeling like art could be mine and mine alone and not, not having I had to kind of share with other people. Um, you know, I think, uh, I, I, I feel like in different parts of my life, the museum has served different other purposes. I mean, I've just in high school, it was something kind of nice to go to hang out with some friends with after school was like kind of a nice fight. There's not, you know, it's just something to do, something to go and walk around in and kind of, you know, hang out in front of a Franz Klein painting and project whatever it was that you thought about, uh, you know, kind of what painting to do or not, and kind of also spending a lot of time in high school. I was always looking at these Clifford Still paintings and very kind of annoyed about the way that the impasto paint created a real edge into the ground. And I feel like I thought it was like cheating. At the time, and I also remember spending a lot of time looking at this E. Klein painting and feeling like it also felt like it was somehow cheating in the sense that it felt like a projection. It was the inner side learned later was correct, a projection of a larger drawing. Um, but I think the meditating on those ideas has really informed a lot of my understanding of materiality now uh, as a as a painter working with, uh, you know, interested in what it, what those edges mean inside of a painting, in my own painting with these collaged elements, or kind of those early ideas of kind of how, of how visual choices or these choices could relate to a, a projection or an idea of morality, which is, I don't mean in a capital M kind of sense. I mean of just like what are what are honest choices or what that means. Uh, which I feel like I'm something I'm not necessarily you know, grappling with anymore, but uh, 
I think that doesn't really happen with uh, reproductions necessarily of those paintings. Yeah, that's so true. And then really interesting to talk about that work because, um, yeah, we, these these things, you know, are, are, are influential, even if the memories aren't always so easy to retrieve. So, so the work you're doing now, coming back to that, you know, as you're talking about some of those those memories, those influences, it's been consistently engaged in this kind of material, you know, um, kind of surface that you're talking about in, in describing the materials and the substrate and everything else um, and, and describing what's in your, 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 your studio itself. As you're building these surfaces, because they feel very sculptural, it, it, it strikes me that it's also very important for these to be seen, these aren't the kind of surfaces that are easily reproduced, for example, online. You know, you get a sense of yeah. it to see the paintings and the scale and the size and to feel like you could touch them, peel them apart almost, right? It's, it's yeah. a completely different experience. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think uh, if there is, it, it, you know, perhaps if one wants to guess about subject matter, perhaps that engagement with, the, with uh, the painting in reality versus that image of it is perhaps a great way of talking about the subject matter of the work. Uh, I mean, I, I think uh, I've been interested in for a while in how um, time unfolds in the process of engaging with a painting that you can have a certain assumption about how it's made or what, what it is that you're looking at and then it will switch and, and, and mutate over time uh, that you are spending as a viewer in front of the painting. And, you know, not that the, you know, maybe there is something intrinsically that is a bit out of time, out of step with the current moment about painting, which is something I like about it. But, I mean, I don't think these are necessarily anti, uh, um, uh, I mean, uh, and uh, they, they, there is a, there is a, pressure that's happening between the, the, the paintings as you see them in person and the abundance of, of um, virtual experience of the works too, um, or just our very virtual experience of everyday life now, which I'm not... I mean, I'm certainly not a hermit. I'm not, I, don't, I don't not use computers or not use a phone or something like this. Right. And I wouldn't say that my paintings are, you know, uh, against, stand, stand as, you know, against uh, our current, uh, I don't know, or maybe they do, you know, maybe that's a good stand to take. Maybe they do. Maybe that is where some meaning is coming, that they are, they are, you know, a bit of a relationship of uh, the analog and, and the, and the, you know, a slow one-to-one experience that is happening uh, when someone is taking the time to go to an art show and goes look and look closely look and experience some something i mean i feel I like that. I like that because we 're talking about we 're talking about you know reality right sensual experiences tactile experiences as as content if i 'm understanding you right right when people see yeah. these it 's part of it 's part of what 's engaging it 's part of what brings people in it 's what makes little kids reach out and touch paintings, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, exactly, yeah. I mean, I, and I think, uh, I, you know, I had, um, 
my first show with Peter, uh, Peter Blum was going to happen in April 20, whatever year that was that the pandemic started. And it was the first show that was canceled for, for me uh, and the gallery um, due to the pandemic. I mean, we were thinking at first it was going to be canceled. We'll say, oh, we'll put it off two weeks and see what happens. But, you know, we, we waited, waited. I worked and worked and kept working, and it was great. It, we ended up having a show that year in September. And I'm bringing this up because it was so – it felt such a – I felt such a deprivation and, and an experience that people felt of the release of seeing when, when they went in that, and saw the show in September and saw the paintings in person versus the images of the work or images that they've been looking at or, you know, their own very virtual experience of being, you know, on Zoom for months and months, which I think we've all kind of had a bit of a fatigue about currently. Um, I mean, I, I just feel like people felt really excited to just see stuff and touch stuff and look at, look at the paintings and feel that they could, they had a, uh, they had, they had a, a tactility that they could feel like they could exhale a bit or, or, or feel like they were living an experience again, you know? Um, yeah, I, I agree completely. That's how I feel now. And, you know, post-pandemic open galleries looking at work suddenly, yeah, you realize the surface is unreproducible online and, um, yeah. and unmatchable, you know. So it's great talking with you, Eric. Um, I, I love getting into these issues. I want to ask you one more question, which is what are you reading at the moment? I've been slowly making my way through uh, the Picasso, Richardson's uh, Picasso biographies over the course of the pandemic. Uh, I, I've, I, I'm middle way through the third volume. Uh, I've had to take a break between each volume and read something, you know, totally different. But uh, I love reading these biographies. I think you kind of just learn so much as a working artist of seeing kind of how, what other people's experience has been in a way, even if it's very far from my own, like Picasso. I, mean, I, I just think it's something of this kind of origin myth of our contemporary, uh, of contemporary art. So it's like kind of nice to finally engage with it in, in, in a bit deeper way. And I think Richardson's like a really incredible writer. Um, so I've been reading, yeah, it's been, it's been my equivalent of watching a show on Netflix. I've just been reading a chapter of that every night. So. Well, Eric, thanks so much and, uh, for your time today and the interview, and I, I wish you well with your upcoming work and, um, and keeping cool in the studio this summer. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. It's great to talk with you. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.